It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it is the third day of spring. Yes, September the 3rd. It is a Sunday. Hope your weekend is going well. If you're out in amongst all of that property around the country, hope a deal is being finalised for you. If not, uh, maybe next weekend. There's always the following week, isn't there? Except when we sort of get to that crunch point of the end of the year. Well, coming up this morning, we have the seven days of real estate back again, including some of the, the leading interviews over the week, which included Matt Michaela from Emerald Lakes talking about the state of the distressed market. And he is not immune to it because his sister is just holding on to her property at the moment. And we also caught up with Stewie Martin in Darwin talking about those Melbourne and Sydney buyers moving in after selling up in New South Wales and Victoria to reap the benefits. Jonathan Karitsis from Adelaide was here this week talking about different nationalities finding their way into Adelaide and we talk about the property searches by overseas buyers which is pretty detailed these days. Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory in Perth. He's in talking about Perth property and we round it off with Varsha Daswani, the principal from SAI Real Estate Group and we are talking about Budrum there on the sunny Sunshine Coast. And if you're turning a year older for today, September the 3rd, hope you have a fantastic birthday. Many happy returns for the day. Each week, we bring you in-depth real estate discussions, including inspiring stories from homeowners, knowledgeable real estate professionals and economists. Whether you're a buyer, seller, or just a real estate enthusiast, we are your ultimate property podcast. It's the main centre forecast. And around the country on our Sunday morning, first we go to Sydney. Good morning to you, expecting a sunny one with 19 degrees. Melbourne also picture perfect, sunshine, blue skies, 20 degrees. Blue skies in Brisbane, 25. Must be spring. Oh, hang on. Perth expecting some cloudy skies and one or two showers today. Not quite showing us the spring sunshine in Perth. Your top today is 17. Ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level? So are we. My sister's in this position too. So she's actually just bought a property, a townhouse two years ago. Prior to that, she was renting. And we're having, you know, daily conversations with her about what the plan is, what should she do moving forward. So our heart definitely goes out to them. And we're not only affected through clients, but also, you know, through staff members here, whilst also close family members are also feeling the pinch. Must be hard in terms of being in the game of real estate and your poor old sister there, you know, she she made the commitment, no doubt got a lot of great advice from you at the time and then the market changes and then you're trying to sort of, I guess, keep her in a calm position and try and work your way out of it. 
Yeah, mate, 100%. Like um, I try to use my knowledge and expertise to actually get her into the market and I'm continue trying to do that now to keep her, you know, holding her asset if we can. The plus side is she's probably made 200 grand on top of the sale price there. So we as a family have some tough decisions to make on, you know, whether she does cash in with the 200,000 and what that means to her, how long will she be waiting to get back into the property market or if we can help her, you know, sustain the asset there. Tell you what, I mean, you're sort of biting off quite a bit too because you've only recently, as I understand it, started your own uh, real estate company there on the Gold Coast. Yeah, mate. Um, I'm only six weeks into my new office. Um, I actually have 15 staff with me as well. So a little bit of uncharted waters ahead of us, but we try and skill ourselves to navigate through any market. That's very gutsy of you to to go in by yourself, make that commitment, because it's it's not an easy one, is it? Particularly in these uncharted times that we live. No, that's correct, mate. But you know, when you have a burning desire and a passion, I've always, uh, I've always, as soon as I entered the industry, I've always wanted to open up my own office. It was an end goal of mine, and I just figured there's never the right time. And if we're skilled at our job, then we can, yeah, navigate through a good market, a challenging market. We've just got to be very innovative and two steps ahead of what's happening. So data and research is very, very important to us. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. Yeah, definitely. You know, we are the most affordable capital city in Australia. You know, we've seen circa kind of 30% growth in, in, in the median values since that post-COVID. But yeah, as we mentioned, you know, if you're coming from the eastern seaboard where median prices are, you know, double or sometimes even triple the Darwin median house price, you're getting great bang for your buck, no more mortgage, great lifestyle. I I can practically hear the barramundi splashing around uh, from here. (laughs) (laughs) You talk about the price has moved up. This area of Larrakia, now if you have a look at the housing market there, that has surged by around 32.5%, which is a a massive rise. Humpty Doo, where everybody wants to live, of course, that has risen by 29.2%, and Virginia also... 26.4. So some areas there of massive growth. Yeah, definitely. You know, the Darwin market has really bucked the national trend. We've remained incredibly resilient throughout the interest rate rises. You know, I think it comes back to that typical real estate growth cycle where, you know, you see kind of five to seven years of capital growth from the bottom of the market, which ours was, you know, just prior to COVID. You know, a bit about those suburbs. Larrakee has always been a premium suburb. You know, it's it's very, very close to the Darwin CBD. Some of the properties do have harbour harbour views. Um, it, it's really quiet um, and some beautiful tropical streets. Um, while as Howard Springs of Virginia, they're our rural suburbs. They're typically 2.5 or 5-acre block, but still quite close to the delights of, you know, Coolalinga and Palmerston. So you can kind of live on five acres and in you know, 10 or 15 minutes time, um, you know, go and enjoy a, a cafe or a restaurant, um, you know, half an hour drive to, you know, some camping and fishing spots as well. 
And Stewie, I just want to come back to what you're talking about with those blocks. How much of a factor is that with your experience where you've seen people come in from Melbourne and from a Sydney, they've quit their property and they've looked for that larger lifestyle. How big a factor does that sort of weigh in for people moving interstate? Yeah, definitely. You know, this tree change that we've seen since COVID, I don't believe this trend is going anywhere. Um, You know, people are wanting larger blocks. They're wanting, you know, more land. They're wanting to be further away from their neighbours. Typically, I think they're in kind of quieter locations as well. If you're serious about real estate, we're serious about delivering the most comprehensive property information every week. I think Adelaide, it, it just hasn't been on the radar for so long. Um, and now we're finding, you know, overseas transfers. We're finding families that are relocating back. For example, if they're in their 40s, the kids at the time might have gone to school and, you know, careers have taken them overseas and all of a sudden they're relocating back. I showed uh, a family through a property last week that are relocating from Brussels in Belgium and they went to school here in Adelaide. So it's one of those things where all of a sudden they think it's value for money. They feel that the, the, the living options for their family just work and they've been, you know, casing the market for quite some time. They've been looking at what's been happening with our prices and they still feel that we're really affordable and that we've got a, a great, I guess, lift in our marketplace coming once again. You know, we talk about the interstate movers. I think if you look at the online portals and the way that that has opened up the whole world now. So the accessibility now for somebody that is sitting in a Brussels that's, uh, that thinks, right, I might look at Australia as a potential country that I can move to. They start looking at some of the stats, some of the value, and suddenly they see all these data points about Adelaide and how well Adelaide has been doing in the property market. And then it just goes on from there. Absolutely right. The amount of data that you can find now online and the amount of data and research that you can do on a particular property, it's quite astounding. Uh, And the amount of information that's out there on all of these web portals for the individual listings, you can almost buy any property these days throughout the country without having to physically walk through. You know, you can look at interactive floor plans, you can click on the map, you can see school zones, there's fantastic property descriptions, there's so much information readily available at a buyer's fingertips. And I think that's really sort of prompting a lot of these interstate moves and, you know, the constant upsize and downsize and and also the lifestyle choice and change that a lot of people are wanting to make, whether that be a sea change or a tree change, you know, anywhere in between. From interest rates rising, a shifting landscape, rentals running hot, clearance rates, a tight rental market, we cover it all every morning from 6am on The Real Estate Breakfast. Yeah, I guess nationally, we've seen unprecedented growth post-COVID, followed by unprecedented contraction um, during the, uh, the the rate increases from the RBA. So it has defied typical growth cycles, and it's made it a little bit challenging to forecast future movements accurately. But it's important to note that whilst the rate of growth is slowing, we're still seeing growth. There is demand outstripping supply, but supply is slowly catching up, especially on the East Coast. 
Whereas in WA, we're not really seeing any light at the end of the tunnel in terms of future supply. I think there's some hope over here that we'll see an increase in listings come springtime, which is norm- the normal seasonal adjustment. I'm not as optimistic. Uh, we're really not seeing too much on the ground over here to suggest that, that we're going to get above that sort of low 5,000s property on the uh, level on the market at the moment. Hopefully, there will be a little bit of a, an influx of listings, but I think we're pretty well gridlocked at the moment with people concerned about listing their property because they don't know where to go from there. Um, it's very difficult to get into another property if you're buying or if you're renting. Yeah, that's always a problem. If you're selling your property and you've got nowhere to go, you have the proverbial stuck in motion. And I also see that in this Macquarie and CoreLogic article, it also notes that despite a fixed rate cliff, mortgage delinquencies still remain low and most borrowers are managing their repayments according to them. How do you believe this situation influences is the the property market where you are look it's easy to get caught up in the stories that you see in the media but they we all know they love to run a negative story and create some uh, scare tactics out there but the data just doesn't match up with their rhetoric at the moment um, there is stability in mortgage repayments and that's a positive sign most borrowers have been pretty financially responsible throughout covid and beyond uh, and have planned for fluctuations in interest rates Um, But that said, with household savings decreasing, it is a bit of a delicate balance. It could tip if uh, external factors like more rate rises, which is unlikely but possible, uh, or job losses or an economic downturn come into play. Here in WA, I'm probably a little bit less concerned about this, just given how strong our jobs market is, how strong our economy is, and and most importantly, how affordable our properties are. And the other thing to to think about too, when you're talking about the, the fixed rate cliff, is that lenders were all being, or borrowers were all being assessed with a pretty sizable buffer in place, something that's uh, implemented by APRA. We've got some of the most regulated banking systems in the world. And so the increase in rates should be manageable for most borrowers, providing, of course, that you didn't fudge the numbers on your initial loan application. Yeah. And you're right about that uh, delicate balance. That is what it is all about right at the moment. And rental vacancy rates. Let's have a look at those because they have hit historic lows with a slight rise from 1% to 1.2% in major cities. Is that trend, do you think, mirrored in WA as well? Yeah, look, there's low vacancy rates nationally are are certainly making rental properties an attractive investment for people. So we've seen a considerable upward pressure on rents nationally and especially here in WA. I think I've mentioned before that our uh, median rent for houses was 350 not too long ago and now it's sitting up around 580. Despite having a similar uptick on the rental vacancy rate here in WA of 0.2, we've gone from um, 0.7 where we were languishing for some time up to 0.9. It's still a very tight rental market with 3% being a a more balanced market and with net migration figures expected to rise, I don't see much reprieve for renters over here, unfortunately. Good news for landlords though, obviously, with that upward pressure on rents and the fact that there's plenty of good tenants to choose from. I'm hoping there'll be some more stock trickling into the market and that's perhaps what we're seeing with that small small uptick uh, with a lot of the the post-COVID state and federal government grant builds finally coming to market. So they're trickling through and being completed slowly over here. And that's probably freeing up a little bit of rental stock with people jumping out of rentals and into their first home. Um, but I don't see us achieving anything close to the supply levels that we need. Um, and I don't see us achieving any sort of balance from a supply and demand perspective for some time. 
Remember to follow us on any of the podcast platforms so you never miss a real estate podcast. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify and Amazon. Know your property with us. So it is a growing, thriving suburb of the Sunshine Coast. Many interstaters will not have heard of the area before. So let's do a breakdown, which will be useful for the listeners. So perhaps you can expand on how the market is going there. You represent the area and obviously uh, know it pretty well. So Craig, in Budrim, according to RP data, the median house price in Budrim is about 1.1 million and 471 properties have been sold in the last 12 months. And there are about 7,197 active buyers looking to buy just in Budrim. And if you, if you look at the growth rate, it has gone up to 2.6%, which is quite positive. And you are also dealing in the the whole commercial property space there on the the Sunshine Coast, which kind of makes sense. The market is growing, so there's opportunities to engage, and there's a big difference between residential and commercial real estate. A different mindset is required and strategic thinking, of course, for when embarking into the world of commercial property. Not everybody, Varsha, is able to make that transition are they from residential into commercial no there are different like even though it's property craig it's quite interesting that how different it is so commercial is very b2b whereas residential is quite an emotional decision both for the buyers and the sellers with commercial is like if the numbers work out then they will move forward if it doesn't they will not so it's a very numbers game compared to residential where it's a very emotional decision so the buyer need to see and visualize themselves in that property and the sellers need to be kind of motivated to take that step and move towards the next step of life and just making sure that we do the transition or we make that process as smooth as possible for the sellers is kind of what we do. So for us, it's not a transaction, it's a, it's a smooth transition. That's the basic difference that, between a commercial and a residential property. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 